At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Slate, Gay Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Matt Neverett in for Jeff Parlay this morning, producer number five and eight, who uh, is under the weather. We hope Jeff's okay. We hope he'll be back soon. Matt holding down the fort. Uh, painless so far, Matt? Do you like love is blind discussion? Is that good enough for Not you? Not too bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit upset I didn't get enough forewarning to make some graphics <laughs> for that because we could have had a field day. Matthew Gilbin tweets, love is blind? Fantastic. Do you have any tennis picks in that universe, though, today? Uh, here's the thing. There's, only, there's, there's, no, there's no tennis picks on the men's. There's no tennis tournaments going on on the men's side. There are two on the ladies' side. Uh, one is in Lyon. It is an uh, indoor hardcore tournament. It's kind of a crappy little tournament, quite frankly. Uh, and then there's one in uh, Monterey, which is on outdoor hard courts. It's the, the pickings are slim. So n- there were no picks yesterday. I, m- I might have a pick later this afternoon, but it's not a, there's not enough value to really talk about it on air. So, so the answer is no tennis picks today, no one yesterday. But as, a, as, the, as the tournaments turn into next week and beyond, trust me, there will be plenty. Of tennis picks. Uh, the other thing that came down, by the way, Jason Weingarten standing by, Matt Cox from Three Man Weave. We'll get to him as well. Um, I just want to say one thing. You brought this up off air, Matt. Uh, we're talking. We we got tons of screens in here, and we're looking at this Indianapolis Colts Carson Wentz news. That you know, we talked Kyler Murray. All that news has shifted, right? Like last week, he was doing the most twenty-four year old thing ever, scrubbing the team off his social media. So 24. And then, like, the next week, his uh, his agent's writing them a letter. Oh, he wants to be the quarterback forever. Uh, but so the Carson Wentz thing. So I have been on this show and on primetime action talking about how, uh, you know, as bad as Carson Wentz had played, as bad as he played last year, and he only threw 10 touchdown passes in the last eight games, I believe. Like, he was terrible. And that's just one thing. Forget the fumbles and everything else. But he was so bad. And I said the whole time, I'm like, that is not going to be an easy breakup because Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, and I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks, the in-season Hard Knocks with the Colts, which was great, but for those who know their relationship dating back to the Eagles, they are not only great friends, but they bonded over, uh, over really their first story bonding together was like a biblical phrase, which was on Carson's phone and... So they're really attached, those two guys. And I said, I goes, this is going to be a really hard breakup. Like, it's, it's not like a football-only decision where they're like, oh, you didn't play well, you're gone, we're moving on. And so last week, talk about the Kyler Murray thing, how that shifted. Last week, the Colts were like, yeah, it looks like he's gone. At least that's what the reports were. And now we're hearing, 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna decide over the next ten days what's gonna happen. Because I don't know. I don't know if Frank Reich's gonna let him go. They're that close. So I don't know. And I really do feel like this whole quarterback carousel that's going to happen during free agency, which we thought at one point, or at least to whatever extent we thought, was going to be, oh, Aaron Rodgers might be available. Russell Wilson might be available. Uh, Jameis Winston might be available. I'm forgetting somebody, right? I think in the end, it might just come down to, like, the teams that are in need of a quarterback. I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. I think Russell Wilson is going to stay in Seattle. It might come down to a choice of, like, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, and, you know, who else? Some other, like, really, like, uninspiring choices. Jameis Winston might stay in New Orleans, too. Like, I mean, it just might end up being undramatic, so I don't know. Free agency begins, what, 10 days from now, something like that? It's going to be fun. Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, the host of the Wide World of Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. Nice to uh, nice to have you back, Jeff. Uh, Jeff did a good job holding down while while you were gone, but it's nice to see you again. Thank you, sir. Jeff Parlay always does a wonderful job. We hope he feels better too. He's a little under the weather. Uh, Jason, I saw you. Uh, you were in in some articles. I, I, I'm glad you're getting notoriety for hosting the uh, podcast, and you're out there. So congratulations to you on some stuff as well. Good for you, you, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, do you do you where do you stand on? On the whole, let's well, let's just start where we have to, because you, you and I, primarily for the whole calendar year, the sport we talk about the most is baseball. So I think we're obligated to talk here about it. And yesterday, you you texted me like, "Hey, it might be looks it looks optimistic," and I immediately shot back to you. I'm like, zero chance, zero yeah. chance confidence <laughs> in this happening. Um, where like you love baseball more than anybody, you love betting baseball more than anybody. How do you approach this from a betting standpoint? Are you betting a lot are you not betting at all is it some combination or some or in between somewhere well when i started betting futures a week or two or three ago my uh my assumptions were that there would likely be uh you know some form of games missed whether it's five games or 10 games or 20 or two months we don't know yet but i i assume that games were going to be missed and i factored that in when making division bets um, early division bets like the the Baltimore Orioles, for example, I bet at 200 to one just because my assumption is that if they play a hundred game season or less than a hundred games, the variance goes up mm-hmm. incredibly. And, you know, all it takes is adding a Carlos Correa or another free agent or two to that lineup. And all of a sudden 200 to one becomes hundred to one becomes 50 to one, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think they're going to win, but you know, it was just an egregiously, large number. And I did the same thing with the nationals at 50 to one in the AL or in the NL East. You know, I assume that in a short season, the nationals aren't as uh, uncompetitive as the rest of the teams, but mostly, you know, I, I preemptively made moves knowing that we were likely headed towards a lockout. And there's a lot of things to keep in mind, you know, from a betting perspective, we lose out on spring training, which is lucrative, you know, money-making time. So I had to factor in the, the fact that I was likely losing, you know, income that I normally rely on uh, yearly. So I preemptively sold some baseball cards going into this, uh, this lockout, knowing that the prices will probably come down, um, you know, if, if fans are sort of turned away like they were in 94, Interesting. Um, I made some, some futures bets, you know, with an eye towards 
a, a, a lower amount of games being played, but mostly it was just, it's kind of like preparing for a hurricane where you, you know, you do all the prep work before the hurricane comes through, you, you know, board up the windows and tie everything down. Um, mostly I'm just in a holding pattern. I, I, I just need to wait, you know, cause I'm a better and I make my money betting. So when baseball comes back, I'll be ready to start betting. But in the meantime, it's just unfortunate that they'll cut the season off and, you know, players, you know, 70% of the league, like makes less than a million dollars, which puts me, you know, in that category as well as a better, um, a lot of people rely on baseball to make money. So it's unfortunate that we're not going to have it for a while. And it sucks for everybody involved. I mean, the people who work at the stadium, the concessions, people, there's, there's a lot of people that lose out because of this greed. Um, but yeah, we just have to wait really. Um, well, you, you, it'll come back. It'll, it'll be back. We just don't know you, when and in what form. Yeah. There's, so there's a couple things you hit on a good point here, which I'll get to, but the, the first one is these negotiations now that they've already scrapped two series, right? So Rob Manfred comes out yesterday, two series done. So that's what 91 total games league wide, but it only gets harder from here because if they lose another week, right, then it becomes a service time thing with some players like Otani would be involved as well. And so this negotiation, by definition, will get even more difficult here moving forward. And tomorrow's the next time they could possibly meet, although I don't believe that's been scheduled yet, because then the MLBPA is going to dig in their heels on that. And they're going to be like, no, we've got to get these games in. So that's a whole nother sticking point now that becomes a new issue, if you will, as these games you know, get canceled, moving into a possible two-week cancellation. But but the betting the betting thing that you pointed out there, and I think this is the key point of all this, which is where the you know it's one thing. Even those of us who are baseball fans, like we love shortened seasons, right? Because from a betting standpoint, remember the sixty-game season. Um, you what you said is that exactly that smaller sample size, more variance, and so with the futures bets, keep this in mind, tennis fans, with futures bets right, on the season, those stand, and they should stand for every sport. Now, the the markets, right, like home runs and RBIs and that kind of thing, different story, right? Those will get scrapped. But when we're talking about a futures champion, right, um, or a or division champion or a, comp, or a, a league champion or a tennis tournament champion, I just want to throw that in randomly, um, then you those stand, right? Consistently, those should stand. And so your point about betting the Orioles and betting long shots makes complete sense because this, is, this ain't going to be 162 games. And the shorter and shorter that season gets, right, the more opportunity you have for that number to manifest. I think that's the biggest betting macro point we can make about baseball. Where there is trouble labor-wise, there might be opportunity betting-wise. Absolutely. You know, you just have to change how you approach it and, you know, be willing to sit around and do nothing for the next month or so. Yeah. Now, is there, let me put it this way, have you made any specific market bets like home runs or something like that just for the heck of it hoping that they do play a full season or close i didn't do any home run stuff just because you know i looked through the numbers and typically those those sort of markets the most home runs hits rbis are the kinds of things i do at the end of of the off season right before the regular season starts so it's just nothing nothing stood out um 
and then it just just you know I wasn't compelled to to bet him really. So all right, nothing. We'll, we'll get into your golf bets here, whatever golf bets you made this week uh, here after the break. Are, are you making any football like number one pick in the draft, first snap taken bets, those kind of things? I'll take some uh, I'll take some draft props. I have some guys I've I've been kind of following for the, for the last year or so that I'm interested in betting on. Um, I bet the Vikings to win the Super Bowl last week at like forty to one. Did you? Huh. Yeah, just a random bet. But in the event that Aaron Rodgers isn't around, um, I think just the situation they hired the Rams offensive coordinator. He brought in a bunch of the Rams offensive staff. They already got the Kirk Cousins core with the two good wide receivers and Dalvin Cook. You know, it's a nice starting point for a for a new coach to come in and maybe you know they already won eight games last year. It's not like they're that far off. They just maybe need a new uh, new regime to kind of run that offense. So All right. I thought forty to one was was good in case Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay. And hang out, Jason. We'll come back. We'll get your golf plays. Other thoughts coming back. Numbers game Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team's here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson on every key team, conference and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's sign-up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Matt Cox from Three Man Weave coming up to give his uh, his picks for tonight, conference tournaments and non-conference tournament alike. Some uh, amazing finishes in uh, college basketball yesterday. And I might, uh, Matt, I might have to... Uh, Give a love letter to the Duke-Carolina rivalry later. Might have to. So I'm hearing some people. They just don't get it. They don't get it what that means to some of us. Uh, Jason Weingarten is here. By the way, oh, you have some news, first of all. There's an NFL uh, coaching extension. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury just announced via Pro Football Focus, signed an extension through the 2027 season. So locked up short-term, mid-term, and we'll call it long-term. Congratulations, Cardinals. Some shaky late-game decision-making from Cliff Kingsbury for years to come. Jeez. He has, and he has the same agent, Stephen Cox, telling us, Stephen Bond, pardon me. I got to mix it with Matty Cox. Stephen Bond telling us that he has the same agent as Kyler Murray, which is correct. And that just adds a whole other wrinkle yeah. into this. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun for the Cardinals. All right. Uh, Jason Weingarten still hanging out with us from, uh, from Southern Cali, host of the Wide World of Wine Garden, where all podcasts 
are distributed. Um, so there you go. There you go, Arizona Cardinals. You got Cliff Kingsbury forever. What have you bet uh, beyond the Vikings? Anything else football-wise? You you bet anything yet with snaps? Football, or? no. No. Um, that, that, that was it. How about golf? What are you doing this week? Well, we got the the Kenya Open starting tonight on the DP World Tour. One of my one of my favorite events, actually. You know, uh, back in the day, it's a pre pre colonial course. So this is this is back in the day when when the British they used to send all the 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 failure kids to Kenya. It was like where you sent them to keep them out of the way. Like I described it on the podcast as the University of Miami or Arizona State of the British Empire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yes. So, okay. so it's always a fun event for me. I just want to correct. Um, I just want to correct you, Jason. This is the magical Kenya Open. Oh yes, the magical. Magical is a company. Yeah. Is it really? the magical yeah. Kenya Open? Yes. All I was right. actually looking at. I was. I was looking at banks in. Uh, in South Africa for investments recently. Uh, Zambia was actually the country I was looking at. Zambia. Sorry, I always get. There's can't Nam- remember. There's Namibia. There's there's Namibia and there's Zambia. That's correct. Yeah, Namibia, Zambia. I was looking at banks in Zambia. Um. Anyway, sorry. Back to Kenya. Yeah. Uh, Justin Justin Harding, top five plus three eighty plus uh, top ten two to one. Those are my uh, those are my favorite bets. I think it's too short to bet him to win at eighteen to one. I don't think you get a lot of leeway. Twenty to one in an event like the magical Kenya open. So I was content just with the top five and the top tens on Harding. And then a little farther down, if you wanted a long shot, I like Nicholas Nogard Muller. Uh, 150 to one was the number I got there to win. I got 16 to one for the top five and 10 to one for the top 10. So um, that that's what I got so far. I'm still working my way. Got Puerto Rico, uh, Arnold Palmer, the the women's event, and uh, there's an Asian event and a senior event this week. So a lot of golf to keep us occupied without baseball. That's for sure. By the way, on the screen, I just noticed this, Jason. They have you dubbed as non-recreational better. Is that uh, something yeah, you sanction? Yeah, I am a non-recreational yeah. better. I don't do yeah. this for fun. Yeah, non-recreational, it, which which yeah. stops short of professional. So you you would go with non-recreational. I mean, I think the non-recreational line came from a book mm-hmm. calling me that once. Um, I've just stuck with it, but you can call me whatever you want. It doesn't, you know, professional, <laughs> call you whatever. non-recreational, does does make a difference to me. All right. Do you have any basketball futures? Do you have any basketball futures in pocket at all? Nothing, but I think I'm going to Vegas for March Madness. Um, I, I think I'll be there for the opening weekend. Nice. Um, no futures, though. I, I got nothing, literally nothing on basketball. Are you coming for Bet Bash as well? Yes, I have a ticket. I uh, already bought a ticket. I got to book the hotel and stuff. I haven't done that yet, but I, I, I'm planning on being there for Bet Bash, too. So I should be I should be in Vegas twice in the next month. All right, Bet Bash is, uh, is, uh, is it only two minutes, by the way? Bet Bash is, is uh, Spanky's thing coming up in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, let me just ask you this. Your, uh, your, your idea for Bet Bash your idea for Bet Bash, which was the uh, the uh, tribesmen versus the Gentiles, does that have any legs, or is that just something you came up with and you're not actually pursuing? Oh, it's just something I came up with. I'd like to do it, the, the Jews versus everyone handicapping <laughs> contest. I mean, I know we'd win. It's, it's, like, it's from a book. It's from Stu Unger's book. about He talks about a poker contest. It's the greatest, that. That's where I got that. The greatest single idea that could ever manifest at Bet Bash would be that one. <laughs> This tremendous. Got, my, got my dog here, by the way, too. This hey. dog I rescued. This Shohei Otani won the uh, MVP, so I rescued a uh, rescued dog. This is uh, Chica, by the way. How is Chica getting along with Ren? 
everything working oh, out? Oh, they're well? great. She's 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 great. She's she's up to about eight pounds now. She was three pounds when we rescued her. She's uh she's getting 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 all big and happy. Uh pretty awesome. She I spent a lot of time with her. Um she's she's great. All right. So what can people expect from you? In addition to the wide world of wine guard, what are they getting daily or, or whenever episodically when you put those out? What are they getting from you these days primarily, if not baseball picks then? Golf, baseball. Um, I mean, you get everything with me. I talk about the Lakers a little bit, talk about betting against the Lakers every day. Well, um, well let's talk about that. What you, so you're betting against them blindly every day on the money line? What are you doing? I bet against them against the spread every every game. Every game. Just whatever, whatever the spread. I just bet the other team. I mean, look at their schedule the rest of the year. They yeah, they're, second they're hardest. Playing, yeah, second hardest schedule the rest of the year. It's sort of the they are who who we thought they were. They're old. They're they're tired. They don't play well together. I mean, what what do you think it's going to change within the last twenty games of the season? All of a sudden, no. Here's so here's what I was throwing out. Right, I was like, you know, before I went on vacation, I was I said to Jeff, I was like, you don't think they could miss the play-in entirely, do you? We we're like, no, there's no possible way. They are literally two games ahead of both the Blazers and the Pelicans. The Blazers actively not trying, right? The Pelicans going nowhere. And they're only two games better. And you do what, like if I said to you, if if, if a book put out, because I know you do a lot of suggesting to books on what they should put out, what, what you'd like to bet into. One of them would be the Lakers missing the play-in games entirely. Like what would you put that number at right now? I have to actually look at the the structure to figure out you know what what they have to do or not do to to get in, but I, I I'm assuming that it would be a lot closer, you know the yes no make the playoffs the the no would be a lot closer to even than than I think people would would be expecting with the Lakers. Although you'd probably still juice it because you know you know you're going to get action where you're going to get the action, but right you know the true odds of the Lakers missing the playoffs right now are a lot higher. Right, so people so, really recognize. No, that's a good distinction. So the the playoffs, right? So again, let's just let's say the play in is the seven through ten. If you get through the play in, then you're a seven and eight quote unquote playoff team. Not quote unquote, you are a playoff team at that point. You're not a playoff team yet before the play in gets played out. So yes, for them to make the playoffs, in other words, to get through the play in situation, that's we were just talking about this earlier this week. That's maybe no better than a coin flip. Maybe no better than a coin flip because there you're playing the likes of the T-Wolves and the Clippers, right? As opposed to missing the play-in game, which they'd still probably, it was still, still a dog for them to miss the whole play-in situation. But let's just say it's getting perilously close, you know, perilously close. And it's, it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, I can't believe they're this bad. I was one of the people who didn't buy into them before the season. I'm like, this is not going to work. But for, I would never have said they would miss the play-in as a possibility. By the way, the, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, they're like three games ahead of not being in the play-in. I don't think anybody's as worried about them. But the Lakers, the way they're playing, you do, and with the schedule, you really do wonder. You really do wonder. But I, I'd like for somebody to put that up. Yeah, it'd be interesting if, if someone wanted to put up a yes/no. Lakers make the playoff market. I would definitely probably take a bet on that. Yeah, is that your uh, is that your uh, your LA stance that you hate that team so much, or you just you just watch them every night and you just this is terrible. And it's not getting any better. I don't even I don't even usually watch the games. It's just mostly uh you know I notice the way they construct 
reconstructed their roster this season and I was like, this is crazy. There's no way this is going to actually work. And I mean, I think there's this, this perception that LeBron could just turn on whenever he wants, like he has in years past and could just carry a team to a championship, no, but he's no. 36 and he has no, nobody around him to help us. You know, Anthony Davis, obviously, but All right, it's not the same. We got to run, but uh, you, college basketball, you're coming out for March Madness. Any plays yet? Because we're going to talk to Matt Cox here momentarily about his picks tonight. But uh, anything that you've made betting-wise in college basketball yet, or do you just plan on a slew coming? Nothing. Truthfully, the only the only bas- college basketball I look at or that I bet mostly is the, the women's college basketball. Really? What do you bet there? What do you have there? Whatever. Whatever the, the people who, who handicap it tell me to bet it <laughs> okay. to plug into my accounts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jason Weingarten, everybody, at Spreadopedia is where you can follow him on Twitter, the host of the Wide World of Weingarten, calendar-wide, calendar-long, I should say, uh, not just a baseball guy, has thoughts on all uh, sports. Sadly, though, uh, you know, not much baseball to be to be played these days, but keep that in mind with small sample sizes and the opportunities. Minor league season kicks off in a month. Don't, don't forget that. No. There will be baseball. And there will be baseball in a month with the minors. Your public service announcement. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Welcome back. Thanks for thanks for having me. Go. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Matt Cox from Three Man Weave next. College Hoops. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. I got no URL. I got nothing. Just go to the KFC app. That's where you need to go to. Look at that sandwich. Nice. Skill Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, college basketball in full swing. What were you saying, uh, Matt Everett? Ten straight days now of day basketball. Is that the what best. we got? Oh, it is. It is the best time of year. Greatest time of year. Love it. Conference tournaments in full swing. Of course, uh, major conferences next week, and then of course the big dance itself. We bring in from three man. We have our buddy Matty Cox. How you doing, Matt? I'm great, Gil. Let's get after it, man. Let's get after it. Is that your line? Is that somebody else's line? Get after it. Uh, I usually still, I'm not really creative, yeah. so I'm always no. biting off somebody else. Just like all great comedians, right? Yeah, all of them. Let me, let me ask you about uh, yesterday, first of all. Uh, yep. you, you catch the end of the uh, Wisconsin game, and excuse me, banked in two uh, for Johnny Davis, and then a excuse me, banked in three for the game winner for the Badgers last night. Uh, what are they, they have an unbelievable record in games decided by six points or less how much you buy it into that team this was against purdue last night of course yeah my colleague jim brought up this comparison wisconsin's lucky no pun intended that providence is doing their thing like providence's luck season has overshadowed wisconsin's uh luck induced season as well so i think badger fans are those tracking the badgers um there should be more i guess criticism and um and shade thrown at what they've done and maybe questioning are they for real quote unquote as they sort of climb toward potential one seed which is shocking um but yeah it's basically like providence is like tier one of luck and wisconsin's tier two and then there's just a whole there's like a mile toward the third you know between them and the third best the third most luckiest team in the country yeah it was, it was, honestly i buy was i buy wisconsin more than providence but um no they're a little bit overvalued right now Wisconsin 15 and one in games decided by six points or fewer. And again, the, the excuse me, banked winners last night um, about Providence last night, Villanova and Providence, Jay Wright versus Ed Cooley. And Jay Wright does the thing that I love more than anything. He fouls not once up three, not twice, but three times up three late in the game to preserve the win for Villanova, staving off Providence comeback. I can't, I always file that away. 
Uh, Matt, 76-74 win for Nova last night. They, of course, do not cover, but they do get the win because that always lets me know if you're filling out your brackets, if you're doing Survivor, whatever it is, Jay Wright is on your side. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, we should make a huge chart that just has every coach in one column and their end of game strategy, yes. not just like fouling down three, but there's a couple of coaches out there who are notorious for um, they play all the way to the final horn. Like they could be down 12, 14 with 20 seconds to go and they're going to hack all the way through. Uh, so like those types of situational dynamics are probably worth tracking. It would be a uh, a long and tedious process, but maybe that'll be an offseason. I say that about I'm NBA. Yeah, I say that about NBA coaches all the time. Uh, you know, Steve Nash, say what you will about him, but he's a fouler up three and you know when brad stevens was a coach with the celtics everybody wants to heap on praise on brad stevens i was like he doesn't always foul up three it drives me crazy nope. um no longer a coach of course in the in the nba uh, up in the front office now with the celtics so here here's i wanted to point this one out too again going back to last night so dr bob was on earlier this week and he talked about this this success that he's had in conference tournaments for years and years one of the angles being the worst possible teams in a conference heading into their conference tournament new life at least the new perception that they have life. This is their, you know, hey, a two or let's uh, just say a three or four game stretch to get to the big dance, and they tend to overperform. Not tend to. It's it's in the books. It's in the record books. Uh, not the record books, but in the database of ATS. They do very well against teams in their conference that have 400 winning percentage or better. We had North Alabama follow suit with that covering yep. last night, and more, perhaps most notably, IUPUI. And I know that we're way down. Yeah, I know that we're way down. But they have five players, man. Yeah, I mean, you have five players. I think that was the angle that most people were maybe thinking to fade them. Um, But you're right. Like, even if you have five players, it's your last game of the season. Like, after the entire nightmare you just endured, I don't care if they had four and a half. Those dudes were going to give it, gut it out all the way to the end, and they did. And also, they were facing an Oakland team that was uh, pretty depleted as well, basically played six and a half dudes, and Greg Campy was pretty explicit about resting his guys. So there was some favorable situation, situational dynamics on the other side, the opponent side there. But no, you're right. I think those uh, those Stoles angles are going to play pretty well throughout. I mean, as they have historically. So there's no reason to suggest that they won't hold up. One more thing from last night, just sort of occurring to me. So there were a lot of people who were saying, oh, Duke's in a letdown spot. We talk about this. We talk about this on primetime action all the time. How we hate the the notion of spots when people are talking about betting. But they were in a letdown spot because they got this. They got a game, the final game at Duke under Coach K against Carolina on Saturday. Duke ends up rolling Pitt by thirty. By the way, I don't know if you saw yep. Arizona's masterpiece against USC last night. Yep. Arizona yep. is so good, um, but Duke crushes it. Do you ever like the 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 notion of a letdown spot? Like the the people who tend to talk about that. I don't know how often the next day they then review it and say, well, that letdown spot didn't work out, right? It only It's only confirmation bias when it does. Yes. You don't correct. ever talk about it, right? No, like the look-ahead letdown stuff, yeah. I, I don't put any stock in that. I There is, you know, going back to what uh, Bob, Dr. Bob still talked about with the conference tournament thing, there is a little bit, to me, at least anecdotally, to like a bounce back where a team maybe played like crap the game before. I think that's a typically a better bet or a team that just, you know, basically went all in. Um, it, they competed really closely against a team that was in a different weight class, and they may be more, I guess, more likely to have a quote-unquote letdown. But the angle that was being spewed about Duke last night, no, that I don't think I I buy in that at all. I really don't. Yeah. Now speaking of Duke, North Carolina, I just want to bring this up today because I I feel like it's it's my obligation to my childhood and where I grew up to talk about this. How how old are you, Matt? How old are you? Uh, thirty-one. Okay. Thirty-two in two months. Yeah. Okay. Not great. <laughs> 
not great. Direction. Oh, you're so old, man. 31. I so, know. So All look, right, I'll stop self-loathing. So I don't know, like Duke, Carolina, does that mean something to you at your age? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was brainwashed to be a Duke fan by my dad growing up who okay. fell in love with the early cute version of Duke when they were kind of on the rise to greatness. And, and uh, they were an underdog in the earlier years and then became the powerhouse. So, yes, I was brainwashed as a Duke fan growing up. So I'm always tuned into that matchup. So I just, you know, I so I, I, I recoil when I when I hear people who are in any way sort of disparaging that ah, I'm not going to watch Duke, North Carolina. It's because it doesn't mean anything. Duke, North Carolina, for those for those of us of a certain age. Uh, I grew up in in D.C., the the mid-Atlantic region of this country. When I grew up, the ACC and the Big East were the greatest college basketball conferences in the nation. Now, most people who listen to the show know that I love the Washington football team. As a a fan, that is my—I'm very similar to most Washingtonians. That is what we were all about. But culturally, we were all about basketball, and we were all about high school basketball and college basketball. People have to understand— that that cradle, and I use the word cradle, that was the cradle of this country of great college basketball. We used to, as kids, we used to, teachers used to look away when we would skip classes to go watch ACC tournament games. That's how much this meant to us. Because there was a bunch of ballplayers in D.C., high school and in Baltimore, that yeah. really filtered throughout. That whole NC State team, right, the best players, Sidney Lowe and Derek Wittenberg, who won in 83, D.C. players. Um, but Carolina Duke was always... The greatest, like if you say to people right now, what's the greatest rivalry in American sports over the last 50 years? Uh, You'd be hard pressed to name anything in any sport bigger than Duke Carolina. Duke Carolina, Carolina who had teams, you know, as far back as the early 80s with Jordan Perkins and Worthy, for goodness sake, who beat Georgetown. you had you had uh, Carolina teams before that, but they were going further back with Cupjack and Ford and all that. But you had, in essence, with Duke, Dawkins and Amaker, two D.C. kids who got to the finals in the mid-'80s. From 88 yep. to 2001, there was one Final Four that didn't include Duke or Carolina. And for those who are like, oh, we were still only going to 2001. No, since 2001, no team has won more championships than Duke and Carolina. Carolina, I think, has won three Duke twice. So this this is a big deal on Saturday. This is Coach yes. K's final game, and I, I just don't understand why people don't like. If you grew up in a basketball, you grew up somewhere else, you don't know what you're talking about. But if you grew up in a college basketball, you know, hotbed, it's everything, man. And I hope people appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I just remember my dad going bonkers. Like one of my first memories was it the Jeff Capel bank shot, the ninety four yes. ninety five season when Duke was bad. I think Coach K was out during that year, and they were playing the juggernaut UNC team. I think they had Stackhouse and Wallace, or maybe it was Jamison on that team. Uh, went to double OT at Cameron, just a bananas game, like vintage Dickie V calls, ultimately came up short. But like, even when the two teams aren't evenly matched, um, they're always close games. And like I think the historical record and point differential is like in, in, amazingly close. Like you won't find any other rivalry that is as neck and neck from an outright results perspective over that large of a sample size. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's like a two-game difference all time or something like that. Remember, there was a few years ago it was exactly the same with the exact yep, same right. m- amount of points. And now I think Duke just by, by a couple. What would it take? How many points would it take for you to play Carolina on Saturday? Any idea? Oof. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to probably stay away from that game. It's just, it's a tough one to get a read on, to be honest, because I I think there's the home court seems to be almost overvalued in that game. Uh, I think these teams, these two teams know each other really well. There's a lot of, they play a lot in the off season, like scrimmages. And a lot of the players are actually, um, I don't know if that holds true this season or the last couple of seasons, but I know historically, like they've always been sort of not friends, but acquaintances behind the scene. And I think they tend to play 
you know, closer in those types of scenarios. So I tend to side with the dog, again, anecdotally. Um, but I'm going to need like close double digits to back UNC. Even that may not be enough. All right. As great a game as recently as that Zion game, remember, late in the season. Was that an ACC tournament game or was that the last regular season game? It was just amazing. That was. Yeah. Might ACC been, tournament? I think that's right. I yeah. think it was an ACC tournament game. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. Matt Cox with his four, count of four, college basketball picks tonight. Not sure if he's going with tourney games or non-tourney games. We'll find out what those are. Excuse the love letter, everybody. Duke and Carolina. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the kick of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts, properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program, featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM app or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. It must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Somebody count up the number of times to say BetMGM in that promo. It's outstanding. Skill Alexander. Matt Neverett in for the uh, the ailing Jeff Parlay. I'll have to check on Jeff after this show. See how he's doing. Hope he's doing well. Hope he's feeling better. Um... We get tweets at beating the book. Let me check these out. Always appreciate the feedback. Tom F. Uh, Tom F. At Penn State in the 90s, we'd have a party for every Duke-UNC game. The games were so big. Never been a fan of either, but feels like the end of an era. Couldn't agree more. Russell Smith. uh, Hope you've been watching the tournament. A history of ACC men's basketball on the ACC Network. I have not, by the way, Russell. Thank you for shouting that out. If not, all 10 episodes are being aired. They're starting at 1 p.m. on Monday. It is can't miss viewing. I am all about that. All about that. Um, Totally about that. That is, let me just say that. Again, there there was nothing. I went to to a basketball camp at D.C., Metropolitan Basketball School, uh, St. John's, Military Road in D.C. For those who grew up there, you know, it's not five-star, trust me. It wasn't good enough to play five-star. But at Metropolitan Basketball School, all those D.C. kids, they'd go and they'd play in the NCAA tournament. Rodney Rice, upset at Richmond. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that were our our counselors. They were older than I was. And they would – and 
it was just amazing when Danny Ferry went to Duke and when all these if you got to Carolina and Duke that was just the gold standard and to me will always be that way but it does feel like an end of an era Matt Cox is here from three man weave all right I've rhapsodized enough about Duke and Carolina um, no you haven't no, you have not. No, I have not. Wax poetic, all show, baby. All right, so what do you got tonight? Where are we going first? Yeah, I'm honing in on the conference tournaments, Gil. I, I stayed pretty clear of the main board. These last, like, second to last, last game of regular season for the big boys, I tend to stay far away from. Um, just a lot of weirdness and randomness I don't really want to be a part of. Um, and obviously, at this point in the season, you're hard-pressed to hard pressed to find true line value. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did take four sides tonight in the conference tournaments. Uh, two of which have been bet out of range uh, for me to endorse to the to the masses, but I, I will touch on two that I still like. Let's start One with, the, let's, let's, let's start with yeah. the two that fell out of range, though, just for, out of curiosity in case they come back. What were the two that came out of range? Uh, Tennessee State. Uh, this game's on a neutral. This is the um, this is the first round of the conference tournament there in the OVC. It, it's basically a, a league of the haves and haves nots, and this opening round game is two of the have nots. However. Uh, Tennessee State's been a little bit better uh, lately. I think they covered every single game in February except for their two meetings against Belmont, uh, a team that had a lot of talent coming into the year, a vintage underachiever bound to play better uh, when the stakes are raised. Uh, I took it at three, it's been up to four. Might endorse a first half, minus two and a half. You're trying to take a little bit off that uh, that, that steep price there. But I think they, uh, the more talented team, team that's playing better, is just the, the better value bet right there. Yeah, Ohio Valley and Big South tournaments tip off tonight. Northeast continues yep. in their quarters. What What is the other one that moved a little bit? Uh, Campbell, another short spread. Uh, this one's also on a neutral at uh, Bojangles Coliseum. Not to step on the uh, your uh, was it the Popeyes who were just endorsing there or the KFC? Excuse KFC, me. KFC, yeah. Yeah, don't 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 want to step on the toes there, but Bojangles Coliseum playing host to this one out in Charlotte, North Carolina. I like the Camels, the Fighting Camels taking on the Blue Hose, two of the uh, premier mascots in college basketball. Just think it's a team in Campbell that uh, sort of underachieved regular season to some degree. Had a lot of injuries, but very well coached. Um, and I think this game plays to a pretty low number, so it's tough to lay five at this point. But I took it at three. If it comes back down within range, I, I would hop in maybe at four, uh, but nothing higher than four. Okay, what is still available then? Uh, well, one falls within that Dr. Bob Scholl bucket of um, oh. terrible, terrible basketball teams that are going to improve in the conference tournament. That's Chuck South, as I call them, Charleston Southern. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Bucks take it on UNC Asheville. I believe they're catching 10.5 at most shops right now. I, I think I take it down to 10. Uh, a team that played more competitively late, but I think the key part of the handicap is UNC Asheville maybe without Drew Pember, who means nothing to most folks, but just for context, former Tennessee down transfer, basically a cheat code in this conference. Uh, he could play, could be a game-time decision. I have no reason to think that Asheville will try and force him for 40 minutes in a game they should, or at least mentally have the mindset that they should probably roll over. Uh, so I think Chuck South's pretty good bet here. Okay. Charleston Southern taking, uh, catching 10.5 against UNC Asheville. That's a uh, that's a day game. Let's keep that in mind for everybody in case everybody is going to lollygag to the evening. This is a 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific tip-off. Uh, in that one. Okay, and the other one? Looking at Sacred Heart. Um, NEC action for me, and I'm looking at a, uh, a team that split with LIU in the regular season, um, and I don't know sure why it opened as high as it did. I know Ken Palm has this game at 10. I know LIU's been playing a lot better, uh, coached by Derek Kellogg. They have a ton of talent there, um, but a team that is notorious for um, not playing up to their talent standards. 
And these two teams know each other very well. They've met a few times in the conference tournament in recent years, as uh, Nelson Kilstel points out in his NEC blog, a great source for NEC hoops for those trying to get into the nitty gritty of this conference. Point simple, it's just too high. I think this game plays pretty close, as both regular season matchups did. Um, so, yeah, take the uh, the Pios in this one. The Northeast Conference quarterfinal matchup between Sacred Heart and uh, LIU Brooklyn. Uh, your other pick there. Okay, uh, you mentioned Ken Palm. I don't know if I've asked you this recently. I don't know if I've asked you this ever. Probably have once upon a time. How much, what you guys do over at Three Man Weave, you and Kai and, and Jim Root, um, Kai McKeon and Jim Root, how, how, how often do you guys handicap something, you're ready to go, but then you sort of get the Ken Palm filter of it, and you're like, for lack of a better term, and you're like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. Does it take you off stuff? No, it doesn't. Um, and to be honest, during the offseason, especially, I try to not even look at it. You know, I think he posts his ratings with, I think, a month before the season starts. And I try and make all my numbers. And even throughout the year, too, I, I try to use it as more of like the schedule tool and the interface that has all the breakdowns um, of, of like the four factors and how teams play on both sides of the ball. It has the nice rosters and the player by player performances. In terms of outright ratings, I actually try to not look at it because um, I think that sort of can influence me, right. um, and I have to trust my own intuition with my own numbers. So, no, it never is a filter that are, will take me off a play or put me onto a play. Yeah, because it'll, it'll it'll only pollute it. In other words, to use that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. right. So, uh, okay, and then I just I probably should have started with this, but I'll I'll end with this as well, which is. You know, we, we've had Alan Boston, our mutual friend Alan Boston, on. He does things still as, you know, the old school way that he always did, which is what, what, what has made him so successful. He's looking in, a, you know, he's got massive sheets, massive spiral notebooks, which is like, you know, with scribblings of, 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 that end up with a ranking. He talks yep. a lot about game flow. There you go. So that's what I was going to ask you. How much of what you do, if, like if you had a, a, a handicapping percentage pie, how much of what you do, what percentage is, that sort of methodology, what is like actual raw data? What, what's in the mix for you? I mean, it's all of it. it I, sorry, a lame answer here. I, I think it varies by team. Um, it, a team that I may not have a good, a, a team that I have a very good feel on, I'm more likely to tether closely to what I had a team coming into the season, right? I think my priors are usually pretty good. They, they play out over the course of an entire season, even though college basketball is a relatively small sample sport within the confines of one year. Uh, a team that I don't have a great feel on, I'm more inclined then to dig into the data, to look more at game flow, uh, to track how certain results have played out in certain spots uh, with certain guys in and out of the lineup. So it's a very nuanced approach for all teams, but I think I dig in more and I use more of the, um, you know, more of the in-season components uh, for teams that I may not have a good, strong feel on, right? A team that's playing way above or way below my rating. Um, you know, if the market closes minus seven on a team and I had it minus five and they win by 30. It's like, well, I need to make an adjustment. I'm probably wrong there. Uh, could have been a one game outlier, but it certainly warrants a second look. And that's kind of when it triggers a, a deeper dive for me. So you kind of have to manage your time efficiently. I mean, it's 358 teams. Uh, you can't read local stories on all 358, just not enough hours in the day, but you have to sort of pick your spots there uh, judiciously. All right. I've had final 30 seconds here. I asked you, I've asked you about giant killers. We'll talk more about that as the tournament approaches. I've asked you about the teams you think can win it all. What are the teams uh, who are the teams that have been bantied about as potential contenders from others who you don't trust at all come big dance time? Mm, who do you trust the uh, least? Who do you trust the least? Let's put it that way. Yeah, I honestly like Purdue, but I feel like most people are actually selling Purdue. Um, 
So maybe I'm in agreement with the narrative that they're not really cut out for a deep run because their defensive efficiency or defensive deficiencies, excuse me, the alliteration's tough there, uh, could really hold them back. Um, I don't know. I don't really have any strong dissenting opinions on the upper echelon of the you know the top teams. I think most people have a pretty good read on these squads, and okay. the markets have priced those teams pretty well so far this season. I will give the odds makers credit in that regard. Fair enough. Jaden Ivey sure looks good though, doesn't he? Whew. He does. Freak. R- Absolute freak. Ridiculous. Matt Cox for Three Man Weave. Always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Be back soon, I assume. Enjoy the basketball today. That is for sure. Next 10 days, daytime basketball, nighttime basketball. Great time of year. Dave Ross, the Lombardi line, next on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare